From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on October 27th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio studios here in Columbia. This episode is dedicated to local elections. That's right, folks, we're putting the 2024 presidential race on hold just for a second because guess what? There are municipal candidates across the state that will be on the November 7th ballot who will make decisions affecting you and your neighbors. South Carolina Public Radio's Scott Morgan has a deep dive on local elections and turnout issues as seen through the races in Greenville this year. We bring you Scott's report and then catch up with our man in Rock Hill, Scott Morgan himself. So stay tuned. Also, intern Grace graces us with her presence in the wind down. We learn the latest from Gen Z. And the lead also loves hearing from you guys. That's why we have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. Let us know what you're doing, how your spooky season's going, what you're up to, hot takes, anything you want to know, 803-563-7169. Also, be aware, we got a little treat for you this weekend in the lead feed, so check it out. Listen with your family, they're going to love it. Local elections? <laughs> Yawn. I would imagine that like a serious and spirited conversation between serious zoning board candidates in an area where these issues matter could get kind of dry and technical. The details matter a lot, but the details are the eat your vegetables part of the world. Nobody turns out for off-year, local only, no celebrity elections. Municipal? Zoning board, watershed commission, even the names are boring. Without the flame of national spotlights or emotional issues driving us in anger to the polls, we don't go to the polls. In the world's most shimmering example of collective democracy, 80% of us who could do something could not care less. And yet... Local government is the most effective. The local election affects them much more on a day-to-day basis than a state or federal election does. We have seven congressmen in the state of South Carolina. If all seven congressmen did exactly what I wanted them to do, what difference is it going to make? But I can go find my county council member. I can go talk to my school board. I can go knock on the door. I can go set up a meeting and meet them for coffee. I can actually make a difference. You know, I can vouch that in 22 years as a reporter, I've never met a president. Come to think of it, I've never met a senator either. I have met two House reps in person and spoken to another on the phone. Governors, three. Four, if you count one who used to be. But Bill used to come in from his tractor to talk to me. Buddy used to like to swear to me because he knew I wouldn't print it. Evan told me how glad he was to have actually lost a re-election bid because he knew I wouldn't print that either. These were all mayors whose cell phone numbers I had. And that was just at my first newspaper job. My own mayor at the time did the wedding of my ex-wife's sister because he was a friend of the family's. Point being, local elections are made of local people. Your neighbors, people you know from church, people whose cell phone numbers you have. If you text LOLs with AOC, you're one up on 330-some million people in this country, give or take. So, in this off-year, no-celebrities voting cycle, we're going to hear the case for why you really ought to care about local elections in a non-presidential year, without platforms and without too much politics. 
filtered mainly through one of the few partisan local elections in South Carolina, the Greenville City Council. You just never know. But, I, you know, honestly, I'm an old political hack, and going door-to-door is one of my favorite things because, you know, why? It's how you really get to know what's going on in the city, and you really get to know what's on people's minds. It's completely different. It's a perfect October Sunday in town, and the Dems are going canvassing. You know, so when you do get to talk to someone, it's, it can be powerful. It's, it's what I love about politics. Michelle Shane is the party's candidate for mayor. She's the first challenger in a general election to Republican Knox White in quite some years. Uh, uh, we know we've got a Gamecock fan here. Yeah. We're in a pretty reliably Democratic neighborhood. The voters that Shane and other members of the Greenville County Democratic Party are visiting are unlikely to vote for another party. So these visits aren't an attempt so much to drum up new support. They're more of a reminder to actually go out and vote local this November. Our first stop where anyone is actually home belongs to Peggy Sanders, who says she always votes, and with good reason. Because my grandmama told us to. (laughs) She always had voted. I don't care what election it was in, she voted. And she taught us to do the same thing, so I do the same, same as she does. Her grandmother could have actually passed that perspective on to a lot of people in this neighborhood. Door after door, voter after voter here say pretty much the same thing, that they always vote because they were taught to value elections at every level. No one, however, quite put it like Sarah Reese. We fought so long to have the right to do it. I cannot imagine anybody staying at home and not going to vote. I cannot believe it. Consider that an actual celebrity endorsement. Reese is a retired singer from the New York Metropolitan Opera, now living in Greenville. I'm like, what is your problem? What is wrong with you? And then I have to stand there with my loud self and tell them why they should be out there voting. I can't believe anybody would not vote. I still have my, I have my sticker over there on the, the uh, mirror because when I pass by it to go upstairs to my bed, I am so proud that I had the opportunity to make a difference. It makes a difference. People don't understand. It makes a difference. What does not make a difference is if you stay at home, lay in your bed, and then turn on the TV and complain about who won. Just when it seems like the Democratic contingent has only been preaching to the proverbial choir all this time, we turn a literal and figurative corner. Michael Harris. I've been asking every person who talked to me the same question. Do you normally vote in municipal elections? Harris answered differently from all of them. I don't normally vote. Why not? I don't know. Don't have an opinion so much. But his answer gave me a chance to ask something I haven't had the chance to so far. Do you think meeting some candidates might change your mind? Oh, it already has. Oh. It, it already has. He's so sweet. Yeah. I'm honest. Honestly sweet. <laughs> nice to meet you. And the reason Harris says this visit has changed his mind is because it's the first of its kind that he's ever had. And that touches on something very vital about local campaigns, something Michelle Shane mentioned back at the party's offices before we took to the streets today. People are tired of not being heard. Their voices don't matter, and they're giving up hope. And I think the Democrats, in going door to door, we're not just saying, here's what we can do, here's the promise. It's what is concerning you. We're, it's a dialogue. 
Call it voter disengagement, loss of hope, or straight-up apathy, but voters not turning out in non-federal elections is a real thing. In 2021, 13.2% of all voters who could have voted in Greenville County showed up to do so. Encouragingly for Democrats, in wards with contested races, turnout was as much as twice as high as that, and the party made a solid showing winning several contests. Discouragingly, twice 13.2% is still less than half what showed up for the presidential race a year earlier. So getting people to vote local takes work on the front porch level. And there actually is some scientific footing for this talking point. All the way back in 1999, the National Institutes of Health published findings that going door-to-door -door and canvassing for political campaigns is the best method for increasing voter turnout. For Democrats in particular, this strategy of interacting at the household level had its biggest success in the form of a certain Illinois senator who aimed a little higher a few years ago. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. And, and Democrats trying to beef up voter representation have relied on this approach since and will continue to do so. Ditto for their counterparts. We've been telling our precinct people, leadership in the precincts, go out and door knock and just tell them who their school board member is. Jeff Davis is one of three members of the Greenville County GOP that I sit down with a few days after going canvassing with the Democrats. Knox White, Michelle Shane's opponent, and the incumbent in the mayor's race declined to meet with me. Tell them who their county council member is, who their house rep is, just the very basics. You have to start off from ground zero because most people don't, don't know what's going on. But Davis, the county party's representative to the state GOP, brings up a point that more voters do seem to be coming around to realize. That local elections are about a lot of things. Mayor and city council, sure. But also things like school board, clerks, Department of Public Works commissioner. Some of these are nonpartisan positions. Some of them are not nonpartisan positions. And to say that Davis takes local elections seriously would be an understatement. We're really into it for the long term about how we can actually get people involved. And, and, you know, it is a heavy lift. But if we all do this together, if we're doing it here locally, we're doing it in other counties, other states, that's what's going to help save America and save South Carolina. Did you catch that? That tying of national mood to local races? Well, to understand why local elections are so important, you do need to understand how they're driven by and in turn drive national politics. DC is a distraction, but it's also confrontation is difficult for humans. No, most of us do not want to enter, you know, have confrontation. It's easy to watch the confrontation going on in DC, but it's a lot harder to watch the confrontation that goes on at county council or at your school board. It's hard to see your neighbors or people you're gonna run into at, a, at the grocery store actually doing things that you might not agree with. It's okay to say, oh, such and such congressman or senator from some other state is doing some crazy things and I don't really like that and I can't stand them. It's harder to do that when it's your neighbor. And that's why I think people try to, you know, push away from local politics. And what we're trying to do is educate people to that and get them more involved where they can actually make a difference. A lot of people want to do something. They want to make a difference. They want to make a better world. And it, but it starts with your own precinct. It starts with your county, your state, and then eventually you'll you know, funnel yeah. up to the, to the country as a whole. Joe Dill is a former Greenville County Councilman and vice chair of the county Republican Party. He sees a strong local Republican presence as the best way to influence Capitol Hill. If we've got people that are conservatives, people that feel the way we feel in the neighborhoods, on all of these boards and commissions, that everything else will take care of itself. This is, of course, something Democrats also know. That party equally wants to influence neighbors to seek public office and in turn be able to influence state and federal lawmakers in ways that would benefit their platform. So there actually is a lot of commonality here. 
Both parties see themselves as good for Greenville and good for South Carolina, and both parties see local voting as key to getting somewhere. And they both want people to understand how local elections ripple outward. I think when it comes to volunteering for boards and commissions, a lot of people don't know how. State House Representative Chandra Dillard represents District 23 in Greenville County. She's part of the Democrats' door-to-door campaign for Michelle Sheen. And then they ask themselves, do I have any skills or talents that would lend themselves to serving on a board or a commission? So it's really uh, making that accessible to people, educating them that we need the citizens to participate in their government. Translation, local elections have consequences beyond the seat being voted for. Joe Dill. You've got the city that appoints boards and commissions. You've got county council that appoints boards and commissions. And they pick people that are their friends and that feel the same way they do. So if you've got a bad person on the county council or the city council, that person's going to influence others to put people on there like them. So we've got, you've got to change the local government to be what you want it to be. Well, the other thing, too, is trying to educate neighbors because our big, a big focus for us is you can't change unless you change primaries. Yvonne Julian is the chair of the Greenville County Republican Party. So that's the other thing for us is you got to change the turnout in primary elections. I mean, the, for the last local election here, we had, I mean, it's just it's pitiful, you know. That was 2022. And in Greenville County, the turnout was 14.4 percent. And that was with a governor's race and a U.S. Senate seat on the ballot. So one could make the argument that 14% of the population is responsible for where things are politically. And one could equally make the argument that the 86% of people who stayed home are equally responsible for where things stand politically today. Whichever perspective you take, Jeff Davis says the county GOP is zeroing in on the word responsible. It's not just about voting. It's about being a responsible voter. You have a responsibility. Nobody likes being told that, oh, you need to go do something. But you have a responsibility to understand who these candidates are. I used to be this way, too. I'd go in the day of and whoever I saw the most signs out there, you know, that's probably the person I I would vote for, you know. So and that's not the way to pick your candidates. That's not the way to elect people. You have to spend some time up front to get to know who these people are, look at what their principles and their policies are that they're trying to do, what they want to accomplish. And that's who you need to go vote for. It's not who sends you the most mailers. We want you to think. We want people to think for themselves and get involved. So why don't they? Why don't people get involved in local politics? Why don't they show up to vote? Dare one ask, why don't people care about local races? Scott, I don't think it's too fair to say that people don't care. Okay. The American people care. They're interested. They know that government's important. And certainly over the last 10 or 12 years, maybe a little bit more, participation in voting in general has been tracking up. People definitely care. You know, I think there are things about American elections sort of in general and maybe the way that boils down to local elections in particular that pose some disincentives and barriers that probably aren't intentional. So this is Richard Almeida. He's a political science professor at Francis Marion University in Florence. While Democratic and Republican candidates and party members struggle with the heft of trying to convince voters to do their homework, Almeida can help explain what keeps people home in the first place. And ironically, democracy does. We have a lot of elections. The United States is built as a federal system. And so, you know, we have a national government with a president 
a House of Representatives with 435 seats, a Senate with 100 seats. We've got 50 state governors. And I've never done a count, but I would imagine there are hundreds or maybe a few thousand state legislators, you know, and then county government, municipal government, you know, special governments or what have you. You know, we are a big country that was designed with a decentralized government. And that creates a lot of elected officials. And that, in turn, creates a lot of elections that happen multiple times a year. And that can be really hard to keep track of. You know what else keeps people home? Us. How do I know if somebody is a good choice for a zoning board? That's information that can be had, but that's information that might not be easily or readily had. There's plenty of coverage of national news and state-level news, right? There's much, much less local news. So, you know, has the city council really been doing a good job? That is important information. And voters need that. Inf- I mean, there is a very real need for local government coverage. That's stuff that is legitimately beneficial to folks that would help them operate in an environment where, you know, the information that they want and need is not always easy to get. So where this leaves a lot of voters is following party cues, which can have its drawbacks. But is it always a bad thing? Well, not to hear Chandra Dillard tell it. Research has shown that when there are party affiliations, usually turnout is heavier than it would be for nonpartisan elections. You know, um, just like we're walking now trying to educate voters, it is, it is even more difficult to do it in a nonpartisan fashion. But I will say this, just because we have party Uh, affiliations here in Greenville on a municipal level. Uh, Our voters are very sophisticated and sometimes they just vote their conscience, right? They don't vote party lines all the time. And so I think that that is what makes Greenville unique. Um, But I certainly believe that um, and the evidence has shown that partisan elections help with the voter turnout. Municipal Election Day in South Carolina this year is Tuesday, November 7th. Early voting runs from October 23rd till November 3rd. Don't say you didn't know. Scott, welcome back, and thank you for that thorough report. Good to be here. So local politics matter. We know that. You and me, AT, even knows that. City council, county council, mayor, school board, state reps, state senators. That's where things happen. Politics that directly affect people from taxes to speed bumps and more. So why, Scott? Why is it so hard? Surmise your report there. Why is it so hard to get people motivated for these elections? Well, I think there's a lot of cliches that happen. There's, there's this sort of narrative of like Republicans are crazy and Dems are lazy, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and which is all bull, of yeah. course. But I think a lot of people sort of rely on these cliches that there is this nobody cares about the local election. Apathy. And, it's, and I, I, yeah, and I, I, I hope that it came across kind of cheeky because that's kind of how I was trying to frame it. It's like, why does nobody care about local yeah. elections? Well, people do care about local elections. The, the problem is, in a lot of ways, they don't know about it. Mm-hmm. You heard Dr. Almeida talking about how uh, sometimes that actually is a function of the press. I can remember 20-odd years ago when I started as a newspaper reporter, 
we used to do a lot of very serious, in-depth, like, here's yep. who your local candidates are. Yeah. And turnout, I wouldn't, it was never 100%, obviously, but it still was better than, like, 12% than what you're getting. So yeah. people need information locally, but they don't know where to get it anymore. And I think Jeff Davis was the one who said out in Greenville, he brought up the point of, we don't like conflict. We don't want to mm-hmm. get involved in our neighbor's business so far that we are just watching, you know, our neighbors fighting over each other. So people tend to stay away. I think there's a lot of truth behind all of that. I think that's still a bit not quite right. I think Mm -hmm. people just don't, it's not that they don't care. I don't think people really understand quite in their bones how important local is. I I think it seems kind of small time because we're all all distracted by the big shiny keys nationally. I mean, everybody's talking about the speaker race right now. Yeah, and we're like, that doesn't affect me. Yeah. It's it's what it is. And that's, I think, kind of going back to what you're saying, it is about more local news coverage, which has been a victim of everything. Like, so many things have changed these days. Uh, You know, Jeff Davis was an interesting voice. You were talking about him. Uh, And D.C. being a distraction, it's uh, being hard to see that confrontation on council. Though there are some confrontational county councils and city councils. Oh, sure. And Lord knows school boards have plenty of issues. Oh, sure. But even me being someone that, you know, follows this stuff, you know, I guess I'm I'm too busy keeping up with 124 state reps and 46 right. state senators and constitutional offers and a nine-member congressional delegation. So, you know, that, that to me is like maybe my ceiling or like maybe my floor. I don't know. Um, so when it gets to like even city and county council stuff here in Columbia, I'm like reaching out to people like, who are you voting for? Like trusted sources that are more right. plugged in. Right. Because when I was in Florence, I covered city and county council. I love that stuff because you got to see it and then you had to write about it and try to make it interesting. And you're talking about, you know, tax rates. And hopefully that gets oh, people yeah. more motivated, you know, when it really directly affects them. So you know, that's the premise of this podcast, too, is us trying to get more people to understand that they have state reps and state senators. Yeah. But it's also hard when it comes to that that local, local level, unless you're really plugged in, you're really agitated, or you got a bone to pick with somebody. Right. And I, I think the, the problem with localism in general is that it, it seems like it's such small potatoes to people. Mm-hmm. And we as a culture generally in society, in this in this state, in this whole country, are kind of like gold medal you know, we don't we don't really like the meat and potatoes kind of stuff necessarily. And if you break it back down into the journalism coverage, it's the same thing. Like at the local paper, you could write great stories, mm-hmm. but you win the local paper award and everybody's like, oh, isn't that cute? Mm-hmm. I look at it really sort of like Plankton, right? Mm-hmm. It's like nobody cares about Plankton. The only Plankton we know is the guy from SpongeBob, right? Yeah. So Evil. Yeah, you know, it, and he's a bad guy. But like people say, well, why should I care about Plankton? It's like, well, because Plankton is literally the lungs of the ocean. Right. If we lose plankton, we lose oxygen in the ocean. We lose biodiversity in the ocean, and then we start dying. Like the whole Tony Barlamy with the Post and Courier would love to hear this from you because he did that whole takeout piece (laughs) on that. Remember, it was like fascinating how everything's connected. Of course, yeah, everything is. And so, like when we when we take these little pieces of local out of of the Mm -hmm. whole picture, this is what starts affecting everything larger and larger. So, if you want to think about national and big time politics, you have to start with. The plankton, yeah. which is the local politics. It is the water board. It is the mayor. It is the constable's office and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you really do want to make a change in something or if you want to at least have your voice heard, it's like, this is where it is, man. Yeah. It's like, why, is, why does nobody want to listen to yeah. that? Yeah, sheriffs, clerk of courts, you know, um, mayors and city and county councils, of course, they all matter. And uh, again, I think it's something like maybe people have to get more motivated just because, yeah. oh, my gosh, my tax bill, my water bill, why right. is this like this? And then that's when people get fired up and then they realize that they haven't been paying attention and everything's kind of been going down the crapper. And then all of a sudden it's like, why haven't we been doing more? It's because no one cares. Yeah. There's apathy and nothing's happening. So there was some in your piece talking about people getting energized more at the local level. But maybe that's more folks running versus 
people actually starting to care more. Well, maybe, and my opinion of it personally is that as long as it brings people out, I yeah. think it's probably a good thing. And, you know, when you talk about trying to make this sort of try to sexy up the, you know, the, the issues that are not necessarily the sexy issues, to their credit, I do think the local political parties mm-hmm. are trying to pay more attention to getting people out to do that. And as I said, you know, you go back to this cliche of, you know, uh, Democrats being lazy or in disarray or whatever, like where they can't really do anything. It's like that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, it just I, I think in it, it becomes this sort of narrative that seems to sound true because people keep saying it, but it's not out in Greenville. They're literally walking around, knocking on doors like, hey, well, I know you're a voter. Go out and vote. And people yeah. are like, oh, yeah, right. I didn't realize there was an election. It's and, like, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of assumptions, too, that like, oh, I'm in a Republican district or Democratic district. I don't need to vote. Right. You know, people think about that in the presidential election, too. But it's still, uh, you know, you see that in the midterms. I mean, midterms are always a bit of a toss up sometimes when it comes to some districts in our state, like the first congressional district. Uh, but you still don't see the same turnout that you would see in a presidential election right. year when they're also up for elections. So a lot to deal with there. So, Scott, final question. Are you going to become more of an engaged local voter as a result of this reporting or were you already there? I am already very much of engaged. Engaged uh, local voter. Matter of fact, the other day, in, who'd you vote for? Tell us already. You have to tell us. Me. <laughs> I, I voted for me. This is this is a true story. I, I walked into a in, in in Rock Hill. There was my uh, my my ward councilman was running unopposed, mm. and I thought I don't like unopposed candidates, so I'm going to write myself in. To to my almost to my terror, I was actually leading the race for about an hour and a half because I was the only person who voted, and I thought, oh my god, I'm going to win this thing, you know. And I, you know, my friend was like, what are you going to do if you win? I'm like, I'm going to have to have a talk with John. Like, yeah, you know, like hey, I, I thought need- about that too. I saw like, oh, it's only a hundred dollar filing fee for the Senate race, and I'm yeah. like. Oh, I can't do that. I just, I just, <laughs> I wrote, couldn't possibly do that. I just wrote my name in, and I thought, like, oh no, I might actually win this thing. I don't want to be a councilman, so yeah. But yeah, the I, fear. Yeah, but I, I, I am actually very, very engaged. I always, uh, I, matter of fact, on the back of my phone, I still have my I voted sticker. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very engaged, and I, you know, I don't want to wag my finger at people. I, I, I don't think that really does any good no, to yeah. do that, obviously. But I do think that it would, it would serve you very well as a citizen of any city or any municipality or any county or whatever to to know better who is calling the shots definitely what is happening you know, the issues that are actually happening because the president is not going to come and fix your street mm-hmm. the senator is not going to come fix your street your councilman could come and fix your street. Yeah, especially when you call them over and over and over again. Yeah. And county transportation councils, too. So thank you, Scott, so much. We appreciate your reporting. Of course. Uh, get out there and vote, folks. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news, and we're glad you're here because TGIF today, God. Grace Intern Friday. Today, Grace Intern today, Grace Friday. Friday. Thank That's... God it's Friday for Grace. That's right, producer A.T. Shire. <laughs> yes, we're trying to figure out the acronym. This so is we're our time it. to talk to a real life member of Gen Z. Oh, thank you, Grace. Welcome. Grace. Welcome. Welcome, Grace. Thank you. I'm so honored to be back. We still don't know your last name. <laughs> I don't so want to know. I don't, I don't want to know. They don't, well, they don't have last names in this generation. Oh, God. That's what I've kids, been reading. Kids these I've days. I've been reading on the internet. Yeah. I, right, I saw, Grace? I saw, right. I actually don't have a last name. My my aunt on Facebook shared something about this recently. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My aunt was talking about this on Facebook. There's okay. a meme. Uh, Grace, every Friday we give you the microphone. You get to choose what we talk about. This is Gen Z News, okay? Okay, so uh, what have you brought us? <laughs> I have gift? brought... 
More Taylor Swift oh, Gen Z news. Convenient. Okay. Only because she just released 1989 Taylor's version okay. last night, so it's only appropriate that we talk about it. Can right we now. break down for everyone older like me? What does any of this mean? Taylor's okay. version. I understand that 1989 is an album she's already released. Right. Okay. So take it from there. Okay. So 1989 was released in 2014. Regular album. Regular album. Right. Like, that's just, like, the original album. And blah, then blah. blah, blah, yeah. And, you know, that's, like, her, whatever, fifth album, I think. And prior to that album and including that album, Scooter Braun bought all of the rights to her music. Her back catalog. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes. she didn't own any of it. She wasn't making royalties on any of the streamings yes. and all that stuff. So Correct. by re-recording and branding it Taylor's version. Now she owns it and is getting all the royalties and it's her music again. So this, really she's getting all the money again from getting it, all which the money. I know you're yeah. going to say that yeah. anyway. Because yeah. 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 she's a billionaire. Oh, Yay! So happy. We're happy for you, Taylor. Yes, Taylor. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, I live and breathe with how billionaires are doing, you know? Yes. Me too. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I will say I do agree with what she's done to Scooter Braun. I do think it's total BS. Uh, the way that back catalogs and that the way that labels handle their artists' That's back disgusting. catalogs, it is disgusting and it and it bothers me. So I will agree with her there, but also I'm disgusted by her wealth. Um, also, <laughs> yeah, blah blah blah, whatever. If I had it, I'd take it. Same, uh, same, same. I would not be here right now. Actually, it'd be a podcast about how I'm still normal even though I have billions of dollars, mm-hmm. guys. I haven't changed at all. But every time I eat avocados, it's they're made with then you gold get them flake. at Whole Foods instead of Walmart. <laughs> yeah. So so today is the re-release of 1989 and this right. this is a monumental day it once is. once just a blah blah normal album now yeah now, so does, does Taylor's it change version. it or is it like what what, okay. what what comes with that so what comes with it is additional tracks from the vault that's what they're uh, called okay and that's what they say on and it'll say like blah blah song from the vault taylor's <laughs> version it's like the longest yeah. title ever but it's yeah. songs that were recorded and written for the album but didn't make the cut on the final okay. version gotcha. the original version so mm-hmm. she adds them as I think, like, obviously an incentive to get people to listen to mm-hmm. the Taylor's version. In in my mind, that just sounds like slop that they're like, oh, they'll take anything. They'll love whatever here. What are your What are your favorite she, songs? At from... one point, she said, I don't think these are worthy of this album. At what? one point, she made that decision. Yeah, it's, but, but when you're Taylor Swift, you have to make some hard decisions. <laughs> and that go. doesn't mean it's not a you're worthy saying, song. You're saying Taylor Swift C-cuts better than other uh, uh, other artists' A cuts. I want to also add that she not only had just the 1989 Gavin, album, look this up. He doesn't Well, I mean, I, I have, love, have some favorites from this album. I'm going to ask Chris <laughs> we'll about him. But there's also, there's 1989, then there's 1989 Deluxe Edition, which oh, one of yeah. my favorite songs is on, and mm-hmm. I look at this, and now we have the Taylor's version. Uh, that being said, Grace, what are your favorite songs yeah, from let's break this down. 1989? Okay. There, there's no wrong answer. I want to put there that out there. There are no wrong Unlike answers. Unlike AT, there's no wrong answer. However, <laughs> the answer that I'm about to say is the right answer. Oh. Okay. Clean. Oh, okay. Best song on 1989, okay. for sure. What makes it so good? I've never heard this song in my life. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> what makes it sound it's so the good? The lyrics are really good and mm. meaningful, and it's a good mm-hmm. analogy of what she's talking about, how she's clean from the breakup, and oh, okay. it's over, uh-huh. and... I, I think that when she breaks up with Travis, the inevitable breakup, she's going to write something about intercepting, inept- inter- intercepting somebody's oh, heart. You know, boo. Like, boo. Well, I like new romantics. Good choice. Because uh, it's so hype. It is. And then also, I don't like Shake It Off. I mean, Shake It Off is fine. Shake but It Off's like, a bop. So, yeah, they're so, but they're so like built in. The I bad know that blood song. Was good I know that song. Because all the backstory. 
Uh, Blank Space, you probably might remember. No. That was a good one. Blank Amy Space says that's her favorite. One of the greatest Taylor Swift songs Producer ever. Producer Amy is giving thumbs up. She agrees with yeah. all of We this. need to get Amy to talk and, so that she can back me up. And then Wildest Dreams. Gavin is I also backing like, you up. I also, like yeah, Wild, that's true. I also like Wildest Dreams, too. Also really good. Great music videos. Those are also like really good music videos, too. It's very out of Africa. If you've never seen Out of Africa, then just stop listening <laughs> to this podcast. This is really an out of Africa pod. <laughs> <laughs> Meryl Streep, Robert Redford. I mean, my Bobby God. Bobby Redford? There's a reason it won the Oscar that year, folks. Okay. I don't make look it up. up. Look okay. it up. So, what is this truly what all your friends are talking about? Everyone is talking about this Taylor's version. Was there any like crypto numerology <laughs> that led you to decide that today it was going to come out? Mm. Well, she announced it like months ago, mm. but. You know, Taylor Swift fans are crazy. And while yes. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, I'm not one of the crazies. Okay, you're a good God. one. I'm a good one, okay. yeah. <laughs> but all these crazies are thinking that she's going to drop a double album. I don't know if you guys have uh, seen these theories. 1989 like part a two? New album. Like a new Yeah, part two. Because and But the re, their reasoning is ridiculous. Like, uh, one of the it. reasons is she's been talking about her affinity for Shania Twain oh, and wearing a Shania Twain t-shirt. Yes. And just because Shania Twain, me too, love her, but yeah, just because Shania Twain <laughs> released a double album, now people are saying that, oh, Taylor ah. Swift is because she was wearing a Shania Twain t-shirt. Do you think it'd be 98, 91 to 1989? Uh, I don't know. I think, I, I, I think this is very stupid. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, I, I love that. Uh, my first you album I ever bought was a double album. Of Shania Twain. It was not. It was Smashing Pumpkins. But my first album was Ace of Base. This um, <sighs> you you CD. probably have never bought an album, right, Grace? Um, it was a CD. Isn't yeah, like a CD. CD. I remember Taylor's doing all the albums. I remember though, too. going to Best Buy with my dad. I said this on the first podcast and getting the Fearless CD. Oh, if you had ever listened, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys obviously podcast. don't listen to me, but okay. it's fine. Well, because they like a lot of artists now are doing the albums, the vinyl albums. Vinyl still, is selling more delayed, than anything like, else. When Taylor did one of her recent albums, like it took so much vinyl and it took up all the capacity to produce vinyl in the world that like. Mm -hmm. It took away from other albums that wanted to get pressed in the This vinyl is too. so messed up. I hate when they talk about like taking up all the vinyl in the world. <laughs> no, like, vinyl that's like crazy. Not like vinyl I know like what you the mean. material, I know but what like you there's mean. only yeah, so yeah, many yeah. presses. I understand. I understand. That's but too much. But when you got the money, honey. I know. When I you're know. a billionaire. Yeah. But see, then, yeah. I'm so happy for her. It's like oh. I, I got like, you know, I have like a Lady Gaga album. I have all these other albums. I'm like, I get them. I'm like, eh. I don't want to turn the record over. I listen over. to them. There's a whole reason why we have advanced to where oh, turning we don't it over. have to get up. Turning it over is a pain. hit the button on yeah. our phone and we can skip to another song. Yeah. I don't like to skip songs. I'm a real front to backer oh, in life. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's wow. interesting. I'm a big front to backer. I hate shuffle. Disgusting. <gasps> I'm totally the opposite. I live for Grace, shuffle. Grace, I'm so glad we're in a safe space well, over that's here. Me too. I, he stays over there oh, behind wait, the glass. Oh, oh, you mean, oh wait, what you're talking about like on an album itself. Yeah. Okay, I see what I, you're I'll saying, play it straight through. But I, when I listen through. to an album for the yes. first time, I will listen to it straight through. But if it's like an album that I have listened to a million times, yeah. like I'm just gonna pick and choose songs. That being, said, like, like, that being said, if I do listen to an album and it is on shuffle, I'm like, mm, this is that's out of wrong. Place. Like yeah. it's supposed to be here. Like, even, like I, I want Adele's when, 25. Like, when that one song album, ends, that you have to listen to. It order, no other choice. Right through, when yeah. one song ends, I just have the strongest feeling like the next one needs to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so I mean. The Beatles I, albums is, are the same, right? You I don't listen to, to the Beatles. The Beatles. I don't listen to foot tappers, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
if if you can go like da 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 to the song, like I'm not interested. Okay. Anyway, I mean that's me arguing with other older people. Oh, okay. So uh, that's probably what Grace feels like when she talks to me. But anyway, Grace, thank you for talking to us. Thanks for setting us straight, millennial or Gen Z. Millennial. I know. I know. I can't. She's, she's come to the retirement I'm, home. Yeah. I'm kind of offended by tell, that one. Tell us what's going on out there, Grace. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. You and what is an e-cigarette? <laughs> anyway, Gavin, please hit the outro. Yeah, let me hit her vape really quick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. TGIF and uh, Be Like Grace. Leave us a message with some hot takes at 803-563-7169. You can also show us your appreciation by leaving us a message on Apple Podcasts. And stay up to date with the latest news on SCTV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Oh, you can take your chicken salad and put it somewhere else.